Hi and welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. I'm Christine, your host. We are so glad you are here and our hope is that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. We continue our series on herd immunity. Here's Christine Geshom sharing today's message. Hi church, it's such a joy and a privilege to share the word of God with you this week. As you know, we've been doing the series called Herd Immunity, where we've been looking at how God created us for community and then also redeemed us for community. And so we've been looking at, um, you know, last week we looked at how faith must be expressed in love. We also looked at how the gospel shapes and transforms us in community. And today we're going to be looking at the next part of our series, which which is how we can, this kind of a community, which is gospel-centered, bears fruit. And this fruit is seen by others. It's tasted by others. And the first fruit we're going to be looking at is is joy. We're going to be looking at how we can better be a joy-filled community. Um, it's, it's funny how, as I was preparing to speak on this, um, Monday of this week was a hard day for my husband and me. We went through a really tough challenge in terms of... Um, something that we had ha- hand- we thought we had handled as a family and it just turned out to be something unexpected it was a hard few days and in the midst of it i was the the cry of my heart was lord where am i going to find joy in it i am so grief stricken i am so broken up about this right now how am i going to find my joy and it was amazing as to how god practically took us through that journey over 24 hours um he led me to uh, talked to a couple of people from our community, from our church community, a few elders I was able to speak to. I was able to speak to a fellow pastor's wife and share what we were going through. And it was amazing how they preached the gospel to me in that dark hour for my husband and I. A couple of them just spoke words of truth over our lives. They encouraged us. They enabled us to really get back into the word of God and fight this battle out on our knees. And at the end of 24 hours, why I'm saying 24 hours that was that joy did come in. We thought there was no joy on the horizon. I thought, you know what, this Sunday, I don't think I'm going to be able to preach because I'm so devoid of joy right now. I'm struggling with despair. But it was amazing how God, through his word and through his people, brought back joy into our lives. And so this is what I want to encourage you with today. Studies have shown that depression and other um, mental health issues have a remarkable a recovery rate when people are brought into community, when people have social interaction. And so if you are struggling with depression during this isolation, if you have been struggling with loneliness, can I urge you to get into community, to trust God and get back into community because that could just save your life. Today, we're looking at joy. We're looking at the fruit of the Spirit, joy. And when a community is transformed by the Holy Spirit, when, the, when a community has been transformed by the gospel, one of the fruits that are seen by the outside world is, is joy. And so what is joy? Joy is not happiness. It's not an emotion that is triggered because of a certain happening. It's in fact, it's, a, it's an emotion that happens in spite of a happening. It's beyond our understanding. It's an uncommon emotion. It's not something that you can just switch on and switch off with a switch. In fact, it's something deeper and it's uncommon. And therefore, joy can only be birthed out of a relationship with Jesus, joy in a community, again, is only going to be possible when the community has been renewed by the gospel, when the community knows Jesus for themselves and are living him out in their own way. Today, I'm going to be asking us this. 
Do you see yourself to be part of a joy-filled community? How do we characterize a joy-filled community? The first thing that I want us to look at is that it's a, they have a recurring joy. What do I mean by this? What is a recurring joy? I'm going to look at Habakkuk chapter 3 verses 17 to 18. This is what it says. Habakkuk rejoices in the Lord. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. I want us to also read Psalm 51 verses 10 to 12. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. What is a community that exhibits recurring joy? What do they believe in? They believe in Jesus and the finished work of the cross. They believe that they have been redeemed and saved, that they are restored once and for all. They believe that no matter how much they backslide, no matter how much uh, they mess up, that Jesus has done everything for them, that in him, they stand righteous before God. In him, they have complete access to the Father. That's what recurring joy does. David had sinned. David had messed up. And yet his greatest concern was not losing out on blessing, not even on losing his son, but on losing the joy of his salvation. Today, as a community of believers, when we're together, do we encourage each other with the gospel? When one of our faith is waning, when one of our faith feels frail, do we encourage them and say, guess what? Jesus has done this for you already. You don't need to earn your way back into his arms. He loves you already. You stand loved. You stand restored. I love the book of Isaiah where the prophet talks about in chapter 44. He says, I have blotted out your transgressions. I remember them no more for I have redeemed you. He also goes on to say in 43 verse 4, he says, you are loved. You are honored. I love you. That's God talking to us. And that's our position in Jesus. So when we are a community of recurring joy, every time one of us goes into the doldrums, one of us fall off the wagon, the rest of us pick them up and say, you know what? You're standing in Christ is you're redeemed, you're restored, you're rescued, you're loved. That's what it looks like. And so this should be our reason for continuous perpetual joy. As a community, we must be able to preach the gospel to each other, encourage each other, enfold one another with the gospel message so that none of us feel like we've lost faith, so that none of us feel like we've lost a connection with God. That's the first evidence of a joy-filled community, recurring joy, a joy that doesn't die out. Because when one of us feels shaky and weak, the rest come around us and surround us and equip us. The second characteristic of a joy-filled community is one which has a resolute joy. I don't know about you, but we have seen different members of our community over the years go through difficult seasons, seasons of grief, seasons of brokenness, seasons of relationship breakdown. But it's amazing how through the difficult times, they still found joy. Like I said, this week was hard for us. We couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. But the amazing thing was the people we confided in shared with us what God had done in their lives and said, you know what, keep your chin up. God is going to come through for you. He, the God who did this for us in the past will do it for you. And so when a community is based on having resolute joy, their foundational belief is this, that, hey, you know what, God is our help. 
God is our defender. This Jesus who has already ransomed us and redeemed us has already done everything for us, but he will continue to help and deliver us. That is what it means. And the, the, it leads to this, that the joy of the Lord is their strength. A community where resolute joy is what they get themselves propelled forward with. For them, they believe that the joy of the Lord is their strength. I want us to look at Nehemiah 8 verse 10. Then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat and drink sweet wine and send portions to anyone who has nothing ready. For this day is holy to our Lord. And do not be grieved. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. I'm also going to read 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 4. I am acting with great boldness toward you. I have great pride in you. I am filled with comfort in all our affliction. I'm overflowing with joy. This is what Paul writes. It's amazing how the Apostle James in his book, in James chapter 1, verse 2, he says, Count it all joy, brothers, when you are faced with afflictions of all kinds, for they will produce in you perseverance. That's what James says. And it's so weird because who would think afflictions should beget joy? In fact, the last emotion you're feeling when you're afflicted by something is joy. It's almost like the the last but one response we have. But the beauty of it is this, when we are in community, our fellow believers spur us on to choose joy. Our fellow believers tell us, hey, you know what? It's This is not the end of the road. There is going to be hope. There is going to be deliverance. On our own, when afflictions hit us, when we get blindsided by the struggles of life, we can fall into these deep pits of despair. We can fall into these deep pits of self-pity. But it's in community that we're forced to face our circumstances with resolute joy. I'm so glad that I have a couple of friends who I can lean into and just say, you know what, I'm going through this really discouraged phase. And they don't encourage the discouragement. Instead, they say, you know what? God's going to do something. Let's pray together. And they spur me on to do more. They spur me on to seek God more. And so I want to ask you, on your own, it's probably hard to get out of that pit which affliction has pushed you into. But with your com- community's help, you can spur each other on to resolute joy, a joy that does not give up. A joy where the joy of the Lord becomes your strength. It's not your joy. It's not your friend's joy. It's what God has put into you. It's the deposit in you which gives you strength. So I want to encourage you. Will you be part of a community? Will you be a community that has resolute joy? Recurring joy, resolute joy. And finally, I want us to look at another trait of a joy-filled community, which is recognizable joy. What do I mean by this? What is recognizable joy? Let's look at Romans chapter 12, verse 15. This is what it says. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Philippians 4, chapter 2 to 4 says this. I entreat Euodia and entreat Syntyche to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel, together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. It's very interesting. Romans 12, 15 says, Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. In Corinthians, the closing words to the church, Paul is addressing two sisters who seem to have a disagreement, who have served the church so well thus far. And in the same breath, almost in the same breath that he's exhorting them to get along, he says rejoice. Which means this, our communities are imperfect. We are not perfect. People in our community are not perfect. But 
We are called to rejoice with each other. We're called to equip each other and say, hey, you know what? I'm in your corner. I've got your back. It's, it's interesting. All of us find ourselves in corporate setups. We find ourselves in offices uh, with other writers or designers or musicians. And the interesting thing about these social gatherings is that there is a lot of undercurrents, undercurrents of insecurity, undercurrents of competitiveness, undercurrents of backstabbing and, and um, a lack of loyalty. But the community of God, the community of believers, we have to be different. We have to be able to stand up and celebrate the other person. We have to be able to honor those who deserve to be honored. I have been part of many gatherings like that where we have celebrated a baby's arrival with a baby shower. And in that group of us, a couple of them didn't have the children that they longed for yet. Yet they showed up. Yet they celebrated the mother-to-be. I've been at bridal showers and bachelor parties where the people who attended had not yet received their promised spouse, but yet they turned up to celebrate their friend who had received their promise. And there was so much blessing in each of their lives in different ways. It didn't show up in the way they desired it, but they turned up, they celebrated together. And that is the mark of a joy-filled community where we have a recognizable joy, where we can celebrate each other during the highs, during the victories that we stand by each other and celebrate. And honestly, a celebrating community is a community which is like a magnet. It will draw many into the kingdom. Imagine we're always sitting around, always only praying, always only reading the word, where is the element of the joy that God has given us? We must celebrate together. We've heard of this uh, common adage which says, the family that prays together stays together. And I want us to think deeper on this, that maybe a community that celebrates together grows together because people will be drawn by our uncommon joy. People will be drawn by the fact that those who don't seem to have everything going well are celebrating someone else's victory, someone else's highs. That should be the draw that pulls people in, that pulls people towards the God who gives us that joy. We must be worried if our community lacks joy. We're so worried sometimes if our community lacks maybe a worship team or our community lacks a missions initiative. But I think very vital to our churches today is that we must be joy-filled. If our community gatherings are devoid of joy, there's something wrong. There's something fundamentally wrong with the gathering. We need to consciously choose to have recurring joy, a joy that is just um, grown because of our salvation experience, because of how we are being renewed by the Holy Spirit day by day. And because of remembering the finished work of Jesus for us, our joy has to be resolute because troubles will come. Struggles are real. But when we choose resolute joy, we are telling God, your joy is going to be my strength. And of course, our joy has to be recognizable to the outside world. They must see us celebrate each other. They must see us honor each other. And the premise for celebrating each other and to have this recognizable joy is this, that we are one body with many parts. I love what the apostle says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 26. He says that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. That is the premise on which we exhibit this recognizable joy that when someone is celebrating, we surround them and celebrate with them. We celebrate them, we celebrate with them. 
I think it's important that we celebrate together so that even in the hard times, we can mourn together. It doesn't make sense to do one without the other. So can I ask you today, have you been struggling with a lack of joy? Maybe you feel it's a systemic problem. It's been there for too long. I can't deal with it now. Can I challenge you to get into a community, to become part of a community, to put yourself out there and allow the joy of that community, the joy of that transformed community touch you? It will heal you. It will restore you. Maybe you're someone who's saying this, the idea of joy sounds exciting, but it's, it's still something I haven't reached. It's a distant goal, but I haven't reached it. Can I just share this verse with you? John chapter 15 verses 9 to 11 says this, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. These are Jesus' words. He says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Here's what Jesus is saying. Without me, you cannot have this joy. I am the source of all your joy. So if you're looking for joy today, you're saying my circumstances are pretty bad. You know, like what Habakkuk was talking. The, the uh, animal stalls are empty. The grass is dried up. No grapes on the, in the vineyards. Yet he chooses to rejoice in God. And that's the kind of joy we're talking about today. Maybe your situations look dire. Maybe your, your vats are empty. Maybe you, your, your bank account is dry. Maybe your relationship status is null and void. Whatever it is, Jesus is the answer for your joy. Who is Jesus? Jesus is the son of God. He was sent down to earth by his father just to save all of us from our sins. Yes, each of us, all of us are sinners and Jesus came to earth to save us from our sins. Today, all we need to do is acknowledge that, God, I'm a sinner. I need you. And we need to make him the Lord and Savior of our lives. That's all we have to do. And he comes in. He dwells in us. He gives us his power. And he gives us a life of incredible purpose, a life that is fruitful, a life that blesses others. So if you would like Jesus to enter your life, if you would like Jesus to be the Lord of your life, could you pray this prayer after me? Dear Lord, I'm a sinner. I admit that I have messed up and I need you. Lord, I lack joy. I lack purpose. I need you. I pray that you will come into my heart. I make you the Lord and Savior of all my life. I pray that you will come in and take over me. Help me to live by your power. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Can I pray for you? If you've been struggling with a chronic lack of joy, can I just pray that this God who gave my husband and me joy this week in the midst of insurmountable obstacles, he still brings joy. He still gives purpose. He still gives direction. And can I just encourage you that you will find recurring joy, resolute joy, and recognizable joy in that community that he's directing you to be part of. Father in heaven, I just pray right now for those of us who are struggling to find joy, those of us who know you, Lord, but yet joy seems just out of reach. I pray that, Lord, we will step back into the communities you have placed us, that we will trust you to guide us, that you will, we will trust you, Lord, to help us find our joy again. 
I pray that Lord we will never lose the joy of our salvation. I pray oh Father God that you will help us find joy in the midst of terrible afflictions as well. And I pray oh Lord that we'll have the grace to encourage and uplift others even when we are going through difficult times Lord. We pray that you will be the center of everything we say and do. We love you and we thank you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. To hear more messages like this, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you like what you are hearing, consider rating us, subscribing, and even sharing it with friends. That would really help us. For more content from We Are Zion and to connect with us, go to wearezion.in. Remember, whoever finds Jesus finds life.